Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. Today we are going to talk travel. I feel like before we all had kids, there wasn't anything particularly anxiety inducing about travel. I feel like, you know, you'd have to sort of stress a little about how much to pack or if you're going to make it to the airport in time, but that was about it. And that's sort of where the anxiety ended. And other than that, we just looked forward to travel. Whereas once we have kiddos, I do find that so many of us, myself included in those early months and years, stress so much about what travel is going to do to our baby's sleep. And I'm here to help you out with that because I want you to enjoy your travel. We've all spent long enough at this point not being able to travel. And now that we can, I want you to enjoy it. And I want you to know that you can. And yes, sometimes there are bumps, but there are ways to have a vacation, enjoy it, your baby to get good sleep on it and still keep things on track when you get back and be flexible at the same time and have some on-the-go naps while also respecting your child's need for proper sleep. So let's go through some of my top tips for travel when it comes to your baby or your toddler's sleep. The first thing I want to talk about is one of the most common questions I get with regards to travel, and it is time zone changes. I have talked about this on the podcast before in some Q&A Tuesdays and that kind of thing, but it is worth repeating because I get the question so often. It is a tough answer and a simple answer at the same time, because my answer to what do we do about a time zone change with our baby's schedule is jump right in when you get there. So if you're going to a different time zone, a lot of parents are tempted to attempt to keep their baby on their home time zone when they are in the new time zone. And that is probably going to just result in a lot of difficulties for all of you because you're not going to be able to do the things you wanted to do or attend the events you wanted to attend because those are going to be on that time zone's time and you're trying to stay on your home time and it's probably just not going to work out and get really jumbled somewhere along the way. So it is better for all of you to just jump in just like adults do. That's what I would do with your baby. When you arrive at a destination with a new time zone, you don't try to stay on your home time zone. You normally just try to jump in and acclimatize yourself to that time zone in terms of your sleep patterns. So my suggestion when you are traveling to an area in a different time zone is to jump right in and treat it like an ordinary day at home. If you arrive and say it would normally be your baby's bedtime back at home, but you don't want to put your baby to bed yet because in your new time zone, it is not a normal person's bedtime, then maybe you do a quick nap instead, but you wake them up from it and make it a nap instead of bedtime. Then you give them another wake window and then you put them down for bed at a time that is closer on the clock to the time the rest of the babies in that time zone would be going to sleep. It might take a few days for things to adjust, but sleep will get on track, usually within a few days in your new place of travel. And then when you return home, simply jump back into your home time zone as well, rather than trying to do it gradually, because that's probably going to take quite some time, cause a lot of fussiness. There's probably going to be a little bit of fussiness and crankiness either way, but we might as well get it over with and get the time zone, the sleep patterns on track so you can enjoy the rest of your vacation. 
Now let's talk about hotel stays. Airbnb stays. If you're going to be staying at a hotel, at an Airbnb, or a friend's house, or your in-laws, remember that the best way to ensure your little one will sleep well on the road is to create a familiar sleep environment to what they have at home. So you want to ensure that you have the comforts of home. Definitely a travel crib or pack and play type product for your child to sleep in, or even a full-sized crib. That might sound crazy, but I've done this in the past and it's my number one recommendation if it's feasible for you, especially if you're going somewhere for like one, two plus weeks, having a full-sized crib is such a great option and a very reasonable option in many places. My family and I travel to the Outer Banks of North Carolina every year in the month of May. And when Myla was little, we would always rent a full-sized crib because we go for two whole weeks. And at first, when she was little, I was just kind of like, oh, I'd really like you to have a full-sized crib that feels more like home if possible. And then especially when she became a toddler and was still sleeping in a crib at home and I didn't want to use a big kid bed on the road, but she was getting a little bit too squishy in a pack and play. I loved the option of having a full-sized crib and a lot of places that you travel to, including where we travel to every year, have companies in the vicinity that will rent baby equipment, exercisers, high chairs, full-sized cribs, and drop them off at your doorstep. So I would definitely consider that as an option. You might not even have known it existed, but it does. And otherwise, you're definitely using like a travel crib or some kind of pack and play. We don't want to be putting your baby on just a mattress on the floor and expecting them to sleep well. It's also not considered safe under a certain age. So we want to be using a crib-like structure, something that's similar to what they're used to at home if possible. And we want to take along their other comforts of home. If your child sleeps in a sleep bag, which I highly recommend for any child who sleeps in a crib, which you know, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, take along the sleep bag, take along a couple of sleep bags. You don't know what the temperature is going to be every day. You don't know what the air conditioning is going to be like in your Airbnbs. So take along a couple of different thicknesses of sleep bags different types of pajamas so that you're ready for any different scenario, but your child has that comfort of home, that thing that they associate with sleep, that sleep bag, take that along with you. If your child uses a comfort object, do not forget it. Say it with me. Do not forget the comfort object, the lovey, the stuffy. My daughter has a bunny whose name in this house is Buzzy. He's always been Buzzy. He's been with her from the very early months and she loves him so much. And we always make sure that, you know, when we walk out the door and we're going somewhere outside of Canada, I say, do we have passports and do we have buzzy? Because nothing else matters. Everything, if we've forgotten anything else, that doesn't matter, but we can't forget the passports and we can't forget buzzy. So don't forget your comfort object and definitely consider taking a sound machine. A lot of parents use a sound machine at home for their child to drown out external sounds like the birds chirping at five o'clock in the morning or the garbage truck lumbering down the street in the evening, but it can be a good idea on vacation. And even if your child doesn't use a sound machine at home, I would consider taking one on vacation because there are going to be some unfamiliar sounds that they're not used to that that could help drown out and keep out those distractions when they're trying to nap. I would also take a portable blackout blind with you. I know for us, when we stay in a beach house in 
North Carolina, there are a lot of windows and it can be really hard to create a sleep conducive environment in a lot of vacation homes. So I take multiple portable blackout blinds with us so that once we arrive and figure out what our room looks like, we have it set up for sleep success. Uh, sleep out is a really great portable blackout blind option. And there are a couple of others on the market. I love sleep out. It's very simple. It's very easy to travel with because it goes in a little bag, um, that is, is very portable and it just quickly pops into the window with a couple of suction cups. So good option for when you're traveling, all of this is going to help create a familiar, comfortable sleep environment for your little one when they're away from their usual surroundings. Do not forget routines. That's my next point about travel. A lot of times when we're traveling and things are busy or we're getting in a bit later from our day's activities, we are tempted to skip our child's routine and just try to get them to bed. Routines are more important than ever during travel. Whether you are putting your child down at a friend's house while you just enjoy an evening of adult conversation or you're staying at a hotel on vacation, consistency is key to your child's great sleep. So continuing a consistent bedtime routine each night when you're away from home will help to ready your child for sleep and make bedtime much easier on everyone. So do a bath if you can, or at minimum simulate one with a warm, damp cloth and a quick wipe down. If that's what your child is used to at home, used to having a bath every night as the start of bedtime routine, this is going to help signal to them that even though the environment is different, sleep routine is the same and sleep is happening soon. Baths are such a good sleep cue for little ones. So it is an important step. Try not to skip it and then do that along with all the other regular steps of your bedtime routine for your child. You know, pajamas, sleep sack, bedtime feed. If you're still doing a bedtime feed, a couple of little stories into the crib or travel crib for the night. Really, really try to avoid straying from awesome sleep habits when you're on vacation. If you already have some really great things in place at home, you want to keep those in place when you're on vacation. And once again, help your child understand, I know things are different. We're not at home. The environment is different, but sleep remains the same. And the way we manage sleep remains the same. If you're anxious about your child's sleep during vacation or any kind of other travel, it can be tempting to think about using sleep props that you might not normally use or haven't used in a long time. If you've done sleep coaching at some point, like feeding to sleep or putting your child in bed with you because it just seems easier in that moment than putting them down in a crib and worrying that they might fuss about being in a different environment. But if you have created a familiar, comfortable sleep environment for your little one at your destination, they are likely not going to have any issues with getting great sleep while away from home, especially if they're already good sleepers in an independent sleep environment at your own home. If your little one was to wake in the night, for sure, I mean, we're going to tend to your little one. They're in a different environment. We need to make sure they understand we're there for them. I don't recommend pulling them into your bed or something like that because that can really quickly create a habit that's very hard to break upon your return home. And if it's not something you want to continue when you get home, you really want to avoid it while you're on vacation. So often that's going to result in poor sleep habits for the whole family in the long term. So instead, try to give your little one some time, have a little nightlight available so you can flip that on in the night to let them see you are there for them. You're in a different space, but you're right there and try to get them to go back to sleep on their own and then go to them briefly and reassure them 
as necessary. So again, they understand you're there, they're in a safe environment, but sleep is the same as it is at home. In terms of naps when you're on vacation, I don't recommend that every single nap be on the go when you're traveling, but let's be realistic. A few car naps, stroller naps, baby carrier or wrap snoozes are to be expected when you're on the road. Whenever you can, try to have the first nap of the day at home. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see that, but have it at home, which is, you know, the hotel, the Airbnb, the rental house, the condo, have that nap at home in your baby's travel crib. The first nap really sets the tone for the rest of the day. So you want to try not to mess with it. Then if one of the other naps, the later naps in the day needs to be on the go, no biggie, go for it walk the boardwalk, do a stroller nap for one of those later naps, and then try to prioritize a proper bedtime for your child so that if there have been some off naps or some stroller naps in the day and your child's a little more tired than normal because they didn't get all of their restful naps in the crib, we can prioritize a proper bedtime at night. Let's talk about airplane travel. I suggest that you schedule flights for first thing in the morning when babies are most rested and most contented. I know this isn't always possible, but if it is, that's what I would go for. If it's not, We have to live our lives and go places even when the airlines don't match up with our baby's schedule. But really, if it's an option, try for first thing in the morning for those flights when baby's fresh and then prioritize getting to your destination and set up for a proper bedtime that night if possible. Don't assume that your child's going to nap on the flight, but do bring their favorite comfort object, blankie, stuffy, and a book on the plane and let them sleep in your arms if they can. A lot of parents are really concerned that a couple of naps in your arms on the plane is going to undo any sleep coaching or independent sleep training you've done in the past, but that's very unlikely to happen. If you have a good independent sleeper at home, generally a day of having to sleep in your arms on flights is not going to undo everything. So don't stress too much about that. But also if you have a significant layover, you can try to get your little one to nap in a stroller or a baby carrier during that time in the airport between flights. I used to love to do that with Mila. The first few years that we went to North Carolina, once she entered our lives, I would take one flight and then have like a three hour layover, which was perfect for a nap and then get on the next flight for an hour or two and then be at our destination and get there to set up for a proper bedtime. So doing naps in the carrier or the stroller during your layover is a nice option too, if your travel day works out that way. So don't stress again, if your baby doesn't nap at all on the day that you travel to your destination, it's just one day well-rested children generally bounce back quite easily from those types of off days. And even if your child has some sleep challenges, it is just one day and we'll just look forward to getting things on track that night at bedtime. Finally, getting back on track. If all of the above goes awry, everything that I just said, if you can't put any of it in place and everything goes off track during vacation, if for some reason and totally against your better judgment, you did allow things to go off the rails or you just felt like you had no choice and things just went off the rails during travel, you can certainly get things back on track. When you return home, you'll need to be very consistent about nap times and bedtimes, as well as how you handle any protesting that might happen when you're trying to undo what's been done during vacation. So I'll give you an example. When Milo was two and we went on our trip to North Carolina that year, She was sleeping in a crib in our room, but she started to protest a few nights into the 
trip. And she'd never done that before at bedtime or not in a very, very long time. She'd never had that sort of toddler regression or tantrum at bedtime. And she did it one night and I felt like, okay, I need to go back really quickly and check to see what's going on because A, this is unusual and B, I feel badly because she's in an unfamiliar sleep environment. So I went back and I checked on her and she was just fine. And then she did it again and I checked back and against my better judgment, I think I offered her some water, even though she just had water during the bedtime routine and I knew she wasn't thirsty, but I was just trying to check off all the boxes and I got into a slippery slope. And by the end of our two week vacation, she was taking 30 to 60 minutes to go to sleep at bedtime. She was still sleeping through the night. She was still napping. But bedtime was becoming this battle and you could tell that it was a toddler thing. You know, she had figured out action, response, cause, effect. I yell, you come. I don't know why. I mean, she didn't know why. I knew exactly why I was coming quickly. I would still go to her at home if this had happened, but I might've waited a little longer or done some things differently. But of course, as a parent, your instincts kick in and you just feel like I got to go to her right now because we're in a different environment. But as a toddler, all she got out of it was, oh, When I yell, things change and things happen differently. So when we got home, it continued because she just knew I had figured out, I yell, you get back here. We have a little exchange, a little dialogue, a little more water, et cetera. So when we got home, we had to get things back on track. And so what we did instead was that I would go back and check on her at about every 10 minutes when she was yelling at me at bedtime but none of the shenanigans happened. There was no real dialogue. There was no you know, offering of another story or that kind of thing. We had done all those things. I knew that I had fulfilled all of my child's needs and now she was being a toddler and protesting at me because that's what she had learned to do during, on our, during our vacation. So instead, I went to check on her in a very brief, boring and business-like fashion every 10 minutes or so And very quickly within the first couple of nights, it dissipated and went entirely away. And we got right back on track because she realized, oh, okay. So I think this game that we've been playing for the last couple of weeks is done because you're not reacting the same way that you did before. So I guess we're done with that now. I'll just go back to going to sleep when I go into the crib. So just something to keep in mind that it's very normal that things get a little bit off track during vacation and you might have to make some changes or go back to your usual when you get home. But that's the key is going back to your normal and being 100% consistent about what your normal looks like based on what you want your normal to be going forward. As always, respecting your baby's sleep as much as possible when on vacation is usually going to mean a more enjoyable time away for your whole family and a smoother transition when you get home. So try to keep these tips in mind and Do what you can to keep sleep on track on vacation. We want to go. We want to have fun. We don't want to be trapped by the nap every day. We've talked about ways to avoid that, but we do want to have a restful vacation. And we also don't want to have to do a whole bunch of changes when we get home if possible. So try to keep some of this in mind for when you're away. And I hope that it creates an amazing vacation experience for you. One that is rested that you come home from feeling like you've had some great sleep and you are ready to take on life again once you get back from that vacation because you actually had a very restful one and enjoyable one with your family. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. 
Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.